This Table Talk is made possible by Chronic and Mighty, a newsletter from TheMighty.com. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by... I'm Kat. I'm Sky, And I'm Camera. And today we're going to talk about taking breaks or hiatuses. As you listeners may know, it's been a little bit since we've had some consistent publishing happening here at Table Talk. We were forced to take a little bit of a hiatus from it. So I don't know if y'all want to talk about that for a second, why we had to take a little break here. Did you know that there are limits? Because let me tell you, when we were recording our other good friend, Health and Unwellness, I was incapable of having the energy to do more than one at the same time. I don't know, Sky, if you're feeling the same. Oh, I think I'm still exhausted. No, it's very fun and rewarding, but I found that between meetings and podcast recording... You know, I don't know how professional podcast hosts do it. It's exhausting. Yeah, between back-end recordings, producing, and having to go through multiple different edits and still editing this podcast, there wasn't a lot of time with everything we had on our table. Yeah, and it was, I think, really great that we had that breathing room because we actually have a lot of really cool things coming up that we're going to talk about in Table Talk in the coming weeks. But let's talk a little bit more about breaks and hiatuses. So... What is your relationship with breaks? Kat, let's start with you. Hey, guess what? Did everyone know that the myth of catching up on rest is a farce? I don't believe in it. We've talked before about burnout. We actually talk about it pretty regularly at The Mighty for us as professionals and also us as patients because I think there's health burnout as well. Totally experiencing that right now. But from what I've learned, I have this complicated relationship with breaks where I'm like, I can rest later. I'll rest next week. And that whole catching up thing, I have not found to be very successful. What about you, Camera? Briggs and I have a weird relationship where it's either I don't take them at all and I just try and power through because I feel like I'm not fast enough at my work or my life or getting places. I'm like, I can't take a break. Or I let myself go into like, well, I need the break. And then I don't have a boundary of when the break ends. With my ADHD, it's just like, oh, break. Cool. I will take a break for, for five minutes and do this thing. It's like, Ooh, what if we also clean the kitchen? Ooh, what if we also put this thing away? Ooh, what was I doing before this? We need we need to find a balance. So there, there, you got to find your in-between. But Sky, what, what about you? How, how have you experienced breaks? I think I'm still trying to learn to take breaks. Lately, I've been trying to set a timer and take like a five-minute break from work when that timer goes off but I don't like them like breaks kind of make me anxious like in school you know whenever breaks or vacation time would come up I would just panic I'd be like well guess it's just my thoughts and me for the next week can't wait to just lay in bed with existential crises going on yeah like I feel like I need to have productive breaks but then that feels wrong too I'm even terrible at taking bathroom breaks like don't tell my pelvic floor therapist but I will put off going to the bathroom for like four hours because I'm like, oh, just do one more thing. Just one more thing. Just finish one more thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's dark out and I haven't peed in many hours. Ashley, what about you? How do you feel about breaks? Well, I mean, I feel like that last part was really relatable. And it was also a conversation that we were having with my nephew the other night who is learning. He's at that stage of his life, so he's learning. So, But I also relate. And I was also told very much growing up that, hey, it's okay to it's okay to stop what you're doing for a couple minutes to do this. But I think for me, it really has to do with my symptoms and what I'm experiencing in my relationship with breaks. 
because I theoretically always like taking them, but I've noticed that when I am in like a depressive episode, I'm taking much longer breaks. I feel guilty because I'm not doing like that productive break you're talking about. I feel guilty because I'm like with spoon theory, you have X number of spoons a day. So when I'm in depressive episodes, it feels like I have less spoons than a typical day. When I'm in like a hypomanic episode, it feels like I have more spoons than I actually have. And so I kind of start off the day when I'm in a depressive episode needing to take more breaks naturally. And then the opposite, hypomanic, I feel like I need to take less breaks. Sometimes I can't even tell what's going on with my relationship with breaks if I'm not aware of like where my mental state is or where my fatigue levels currently are. I feel like I just had a light bulb moment from when you all were talking about like feeling the need to be productive. I'm a person who really, really struggles with my mental health on the weekends, and I do much better Monday to Friday. And I love my job, but I don't think it's that. I think it's the routine, like a routine of knowing how the flow of my day will go. And on weekends, because I pretty much am in a mostly catatonic state from Friday evening until Monday morning, I think not having the routine of how to take breaks or when to take breaks, it's much easier for me during the week. I just realized that. So light bulb. Now, Ashley, I also, I really relate to what you said very specifically about balancing, like if I'm in a hypomanic episode with chronic fatigue, because that's, that's an interesting combination because I get so excited and I'm like, I can do anything. This is great. And then, you know, there's the inevitable crash, which sucks. And, you know, you think I learned my lesson, but each time I do not. Literally never. No, and I think it's like, because I feel it too, because it is like a false sense of pushing through that for some reason your body's going and you have no idea how, but then the recovery time, it's like for the one extra spoon that I used, that is an extra day of recovery. So it can get really damaging really, really quickly. Well, and I think that that's the idea. And I think that's probably why people with health conditions, like I know other people in my life who like have no issues with taking breaks. It's part of their life they're feeling good and I think a lot of it is like health dictates so much of what you can and cannot do and for me like I am anxious to take a break when I'm feeling okay because I want to use that time to do other things because when I'm not okay my body's like ah you're taking a break whether you like it or not but other people don't have to think about that I just realized and what a world that is what are what that's like yeah I guess my next question is do you find yourself taking breaks more often as a choice or more often as hey my body or my brain is forcing me to take a break right now because I have not done it for myself I think I find that I more so often am forced to take breaks especially if I get into like a hyper focused moment where I'm just like oh I can get everything done and I completely forget about everything else in my life I'm like oh I'm like I'm doing it whether it's work whether it's just kind of on a task and like or cleaning I'm just like I can just keep going and then you forget about eating you forget about going to the bathroom you forget about what other things you need to balance and then when you absolutely have to do that your head is pounding you're just like why do I have the worst headache in my life why do I feel terrible and then you have to take a break instead of taking the the five minute bathroom break or the 10 minute snack break you now have to take an hour and a half break to recuperate everything that you just lost. So I, I find I, I go through that cycle of relearning that a lot and trying to find balance there, if anyone else can relate to that. Oh, absolutely. I feel like I've burnt out about a million and one times at this point. It's kind of like 
you know in Mario Kart when you get hit by one of the <laughs> by one of the shells and your character just like spins out? That's kind of how I feel a lot. It's especially a problem like living with a health condition too because I also like have patient burnout where I'm like, well, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm just going to ignore it. And that's not good either. Even like my freshman year of college, I was like, yeah, let me take extra classes. Let me do all these extracurriculars. Like I got to prove myself. I don't know to whom, but I have to prove myself. And I ended up getting so run down that my immune system took a hit. I ended up with mono and I didn't get it in like a wink wink fun way. I'll be honest. It was like exhaustion and I probably like accidentally drank from somebody else's water bottle. But yeah, so I spent that whole summer in bed with Epstein Barr. The physical exhaustion makes my mental exhaustion and mood worse. And so you would think like I would once again learn from that, but I still haven't. Like my biggest advice as somebody who's gone through burnout and that cycle so many times is don't go straight from undergrad to a PhD program, especially after working a physically and emotionally demanding job the whole summer before him. I feel like I can I can pull so many examples of what not to do, but I'm still working on doing what I should be doing. That makes sense. Sky, I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to mono as a wink wink fun. <laughs> Even when you've got that was amazing. Like the most skyism ever. The forced versus like choice thing, I'm working real hard. I got a new diagnosis last week, which has rocked my world. And something that my doctor, who's like a newer doctor to me, thus the new diagnosis, said to me, and that I'm really going to try working on, which is on your good days, don't do everything. And on your bad days, don't do nothing. It's very simple, like when you hear it, but I have a definitely have a tendency to overcapitalize on my good days and I think I, I really do need to start not doing that because that will allow my bad days I think to be a little bit better the choices can negate the forced if that makes sense so I'm working on that what about you Ash yeah I think it's really split 50 50 right now because I have things built into my day that I built them into the day as a choice but it's also then forcing me to do it so like I look at my dog often because I know at some point he needs to go out. I know that's a time that I have to take a break, but I, always, I don't always know when that is. And sometimes I will just zone out and he's very patient and very sweet. And I'm very thankful for that. So I have to like start setting myself alarms and reminders. And I found out like when I moved to my new place, I realized I had a really set routine with taking a break when taking my medicine, but I moved everything, which means that entire concept of a break went away because I needed to relearn it in a new way. So it's 50-50. It's day by day. And, and I think too, it's very symptom specific. But like speaking of things like I've been trying to set alarms, take medications and that kind of thing. What tips do you have for taking breaks before you are forced to or even things that you want to try? I really like your idea of making those breaks or those other activities a part of your routine. That way you feel compelled to do them. Because right now, I feel like no matter how early I get up, I feel compelled to immediately start working because I'm like, oh, well, even though it's 7 a.m. and nobody else is online, I might as well get some work done because then I get anxious thinking about it. And I'm like, well, I should just get it done with this extra time. But I know rationally I feel a million times better if I like chill out and read in bed or do the crossword first thing in the morning rather than start work immediately. 
I'm excited to kind of try building a new routine based on what I know feels good because I do like sticking to a routine, like forcing myself to stay with it. I'm highly motivated by guilt, just straight up guilt. And I have found, <laughs> for instance, great example, before this meeting, there was a meeting a little bit earlier and I told everyone that I was going to take my dog outside and because I told you it, if I wouldn't have done it, I would have lied to you. And that does not feel good as a human being. So I have found that verbalizing that I'm going to take a break forces me to take it in like a weird accountability way. I probably need to work on the whole being motivated by guilt thing. It's probably not healthy. But for now, it's working. I feel like my fidgeting and my my need to move really will, will motivate me to take breaks. I also need to schedule them in, even though I'm the worst at scheduling things in half the time. It's like you need to schedule in a break or you need to like have dedicated time. Otherwise, you're not going to know what things are like this morning. I scheduled in that I needed to take a walk or work out or do something. It didn't have to be hard, but I'm like, you have to start moving in the morning. Like you can't just sit up at your laptop and start working. You need a break before you work. You need to have clarity. And that's something I've really struggled with, which is usually better when I go to my co-working space because having the break in the car and then walking around the co-working space is pretty nice. Um, but this morning I took myself for a walk and I just, I feel a lot clearer, still things, but like knowing like what motivates you to take a break. If like walks are motivating, if for me dancing, it's like, oh, you can take a dance break. If you get to this point at the clock, like let's make sure we take a dance break. Finding kind of what motivates you to break, I think is really important and scheduling that time for yourself. One thing I was thinking about before we were chatting today was this idea of like a reactive break versus a proactive break, right? Reactive being forced, proactive being you're choosing to do it. And the thing I'm trying to work with, like for instance, I took my dog out and that gave me 10 minutes in the sun and I feel like a new person, right? And it just like, because I just took those 10 minutes and stopped, it's going to make the next hour better. I need to work on my mind with that. Often I view breaks as, well, that's going to mean that I'm going to take longer to do this. But in all actuality, when you push yourself through, your brain's not working the way it should, your body's not working the way it should. And so kind of viewing breaks as a, oh, this is so I can do things later, um, I think helps me. Yeah, and I think too, just, you know, defining what a break looks like, it does not have to be, I'm sitting down for 30 minutes doing nothing. You can define what a break looks like and feels good for you because in all honesty, some people might want active breaks and that's fine if that recharges them, but other people need, need different kinds of breaks. But thank you all for your feedback and some ideas and tips that we can hopefully move forward and hopefully because this was still very physically exhausting despite how much I love talking to you all I think we all deserve to take a break after this and take care of ourselves so if you want more conversations like this subscribe to chronic and mighty by going to bit.ly slash spoonie inbox that's b-i-t dot l-y slash s-p-o-o-n-i-e-i-n-b-o-x we'll see you in your inbox Bye. Take a break. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take a break. Bye.